Okay, everybody, today I'm going to be quickly talking about how we can choose to be a victim or we can choose to live in victory and be a victor. And the truth of the matter is the choice is absolutely up to us. Now, we are humans. We live on this thing called planet Earth, right? When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, Satan became the god of this world. So out there in the world, Satan's running amok. But when we become Christian believers, we are given authority and Satan is now under our feet. Spirits, devils, principalities, powers, they're all under our feet and we have victory over them. But it's only the truth that we know that sets us free. The truth in God's word tells us that we have victory over these things, but it's not until we know it that we can enforce it and live it out in our lives. Um, and so, look, because we live in this thing on this place called Earth, there will be situations and circumstances and people that we have to deal with, things that we will have to overcome, right? So we can't really escape that, but we can, we can determine how we deal with these things you know in the past i was a negative nancy i was a cut path empty kind of person i loved a pity party i loved sympathy from people you know growing up i'm sure like with most people there were there were unpleasant circumstances that happened there was things that happened growing up that aren't great um and so i blamed everything on everyone else. I was constantly thinking about the things I didn't get, needs that weren't met, things I didn't receive or bad things that happened. And that was the focus. I never focused on the good things God has done in my life, but I was constantly focusing on the negative. And as a man thinketh, so is he. And because my mind was always set upon the negative, that's always what I received. Nothing in my life was going well. Everything was turning to absolute poo because of my mindset and my victim mentality and you know as an example I started working when I was 12 I started working for my dad and then in grade 10 I started working for other people in the secular world and in every single job that I had there was a hasty I mean a hasty a nasty horrible mean person that I was working with literally every single job someone that just made it their goal it seemed to make my life miserable and to be really nasty and I was always so like confused I was like how is it that in every single workplace there is someone that just seems to target me <laughs> and treat me horribly and I always had this victim mentality I didn't know that I could have victory over any circumstances I didn't know that I could go to God with these things and have the circumstances change I would just quit I would have run away well, no first of all I would complain about it to everyone literally I was a word vomit central like no matter what conversation I had with someone someone would ask me how I'm going and I would just word vomit out everything bad that was happening because I wanted people's sympathy right because I didn't realize that God can change things I have to go after things in the spirit and not in the flesh I believed God was big I knew he was powerful but I didn't know that that power could be used in my life so I would just word vomit all the people and then I would wonder why I had no friends like honestly people if you have no friends it's probably because you're negative and you're not nice to be around just saying Anyways, so I would always complain about these people that I was working with. 
have a little poo party, get people sympathy, then I would quit and run away and get a new job. And that cycle was constantly repeated until last year where things escalated to such an extent that I had a manager who made it his life's goal to make my life a living hell. It was the one of the worst things I've ever experienced in my life. This went on for about eight months, but I decided to go after it in the spirit and not in the flesh. I was tempted to quit, but I sought wise, godly counsel from people that understand this principle of we do not war against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. And we have authority in Christ Jesus. So last year, I went after things in the spirit. I did not go after this person in the natural. I didn't back chat. I didn't accuse. I didn't get defensive. I went through everything that I went through. But in the end, and look, this person that was doing this to me, previous to me starting my job, he had treated someone else so horribly and made their life a living hell that they ended up quitting. And he thought he could do the same with me. But guess what? Because I stood my ground and went after things in the spirit, that person ended up quitting their job because I did not let up. I did not give in. And I made sure I acted in such a way that I couldn't actually be accused. You know, the Bible talks about acting in such a way that if someone accuses you, they actually, people won't believe them or they can't really find genuine ground that the things that they're accusing you of, people just know that they're like being dumb and making things up, you know? So I had victory over that situation because of the stance that I took. Instead of having a pity party, instead of wallowing and gossiping and being bitter, trying to get revenge, I went after it in the spirit. And you know what? There was a couple of people in life that knew what was going on, but I didn't go and tell everyone. There were lots of people that had absolutely no idea what I was going through because gossiping about it, talking about it, trying to get sympathy does not and will not ever solve a situation. It's only working with God that will change situations. So there's people that had no idea that I was going through something rough because I didn't make it a point to word vomit over people because it really doesn't um, solve anything. And getting sympathy from man is not going to change the situation. Now, there are people that I sought wise counsel from and they obviously had sympathy for me, but they didn't just pat me on the back and say, oh, woe is you. They gave me a hug and then they helped me biblically walk this out and they showed me how to act and do and deal with things, right? Um, so, like I said before, we do not war against flesh and blood, but, principality, but against principalities and powers, right? So, a victor is someone that understands this principle, and if they are going through a situation or circumstance with a human or just in life in general, they realize that the way things are going to get turned around, the way they're going to get breakthrough is through the spirit. Now, Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that we could have life and have it more abundantly. So anything that is robbing, stealing, killing, or destroying, that is from the devil. So it's something that we can overcome, right? Now, we are going to jump over 
to the book of Revelations. There's seven letters to seven different churches. In every single one of these letters, Jesus talks about the church that overcomes, the people that overcome. You know, Jesus is coming back for a victorious church. He's not coming back for a casual Sunday Christian. He's not coming back for a defeated church. Right? He's coming back for an overcomer. So let's go through the letters of the seven churches. I'm going to go to the parts where it talks about the overcomer. And do you know what? Being an overcomer has rewards, not just on this life. In this life on earth, we will overcome situations. We will have breakthroughs. We will have turnaround situations and we will have the victory. But even more so, when we get to heaven, there are rewards for those who overcame that didn't bow down to the pressure of the devil. So to the church of Ephesus. It says, he who has an ear, let, this is verse 7 in chapter 2. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And also, here's the thing. Some of these rewards that it's talking about, we don't understand how precious they are with our human brains while we're on earth. It won't be till we get to heaven that we realize the significance of these rewards. Okay? Now, to the church of Smyrna, it says, He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Um, to the angel of the church in Pergamos, it says, and to each of these churches, it does say, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I'll give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. So while we're on earth, we read that, and we don't really understand the significance of getting given a white stone with a new name on it. But if it's in the word, if it's a gift from God, it must be extraordinarily important. So just because we don't fully understand the significance, don't write it off. Now, to the church in Thyatra, let's see, they were the corrupt church, so I don't know if it's going to talk about it. Da, da, da. <laughs> ah, and he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed into pieces like the potter's vessels. As I also have received from my father, and I'll give to him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Um, to the church of Sardis, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the church says. So do you know what? Your name can be blotted out of the book of life. You need your name in that book to get to heaven, brother, sister. So we need to be overcomers. We need to be victorious people, not bowing down to the pressures of the devil because it's only the overcoming church that it's guaranteed that their name will not be blotted out of the Lamb's book of life. Right, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, what does it say to them? He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. All right, to the church of Laodicea, what is it going to say? 
to him who overcomes. I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So if we're an overcomer, if we're a victorious people, we get to sit with Jesus on his throne. What the heck? That is absolutely amazing. So Jesus is coming back for a victorious church, not for victims, okay? We need to throw away this victim mentality. We're not, we don't blame people for everything that goes wrong in our life. We take command of situations. We take control over situations. You know, as Christians, we do not just take punches to the chin. We don't just see what comes at us and get, you know, let this Satan sucker punch us and break our nose and defeat us and cause our lives to be miserable. We don't just see what situations and circumstances arrive. Um, we don't just... We don't just take it as it comes. We take command over situations. We take authority over situations. We don't, we don't bow down to the pressures, right? Now, here's one thing I've also noticed. People that are victors, people that are overcomers, they link up with wise people, godly people full of God's wisdom, they get advice and counsel. A victim will often not want advice. They want people to listen to them. They want that sympathy, but they don't want to necessarily change. They don't necessarily want to be given the hard truth. They don't want to get told what they've done wrong and how they can change. They don't want advice. They just want a a listening ear to pat them on the back and tell them, yes, it's not your fault. Yes, oh, yes, you've been mistreated. That's what, and do you know what? Here's something else. A few years ago, because I had such a victim mentality, I was like, oh, my gosh, I think I need counselling. So I found a Christian counsellor who was really popular in town, and I hated it. That going to counselling for that short time, Christian counselling, gave me even more of a deep victim mentality. It was very much, oh, yes, I see how people have wronged you. Oh, yes, they shouldn't have done that. Oh, my gosh, no, I can't believe they did that. Blah, blah, blah. I ended up hating people more after those sessions, right? I ended up having <laughs> even more victim, woe is me, pity party mentality. I just wanted to get the sympathy from this person, you know? It did not help me at all. What I needed was godly counsel and wisdom on how to be a victor. I needed to be told, yeah, you need to forgive people. You need to get let go of offense. You need to let go of bitterness and you need to move on with your life. That's what I needed to hear. And it's when I was taught that, that my life started to change. And you know what? Okay, now we're to finish off, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 1. And a bit of chapter two as well. This is where it talks about our authority. So I said before that we take command over situations. We make things change with our words. You know, the word of God says that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Heaven backs us up in whatever we do. We can bind up principalities and powers and spirits. We can bind up demonic forces working against us or working against someone's life or in situations. We can bind things up and heaven backs us up. We can loose things into situations and heaven backs us up. We have authority. 
Right. This is what it says about Jesus in Ephesians 1, chapter... Um, let's kind of start halfway through verse 20. So Jesus was raised from the dead and he was seated at God's right hand in the heavenly places. So Jesus is seated at the right hand in heavenly places, far above, 20, verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also that which is to come. So Jesus is seated far, far above every demonic force. Every demonic force, Jesus is above it. Now get this, Jesus is the head of the church. Right, So if we are in the church, if we are planted in the church, Jesus is the head of that body. Now, think about it. A head cannot be detached from its body. If it is, the body is dead. You, if someone's head gets chopped off, it cannot survive and live. So if we are connected to Jesus, he is the head of the church. We are the body. We're connected. We are one we are in unity so if jesus has that authority so also do we carry that authority because we are one in the same we are connected and linked together now verse 22 and he put all things under his feet so under jesus feet and gave him jesus to be head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all oh, i should have read that first before going on my roundabout jesus as the head of the church but let's read that again far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also that is which to come and he put all things under his feet and all in this verse means all so everything absolutely everything ever to be created is under jesus feet he's the king of kings and lord of lords he gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills in all. So if Jesus is above all of these things, so is the church. Now, chapter 2, verse 6 says that we have been raised up together with Jesus and we have been made to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we are seated with Jesus on that throne, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also that which is to come. So we have been given the same authority that Jesus has. We just need to operate in it and walk, walk it out. And do you know what? Sometimes you have to build up those authority muscles. When you go to the gym, it takes a while to get that strength up, get those biceps big and juicy, you know. The more we work our authority, the stronger we get, the more faith we get, the more confidence we get, the more righteous anger we get about all of the silly works of the devil. So we are victors. We have authority. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. We have power over the devil. So next time you're faced with a situation, you have the choice to be a victim or you have the choice to take authority over the situation and command a change. I hope that this podcast blessed you and helped you. It would be great if you could share it with someone who needs it. Um, get the word out there. In Jesus' name.